Tampa Bay is gaining some ground, and we gained a little insight into week six as the Buccaneers took some time to heal. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Monday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow on Twitter. I am James Yarko at jyarko underscore bucks. He is David Harrison at dharrison82. We are your credentialed members of the media covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. David is a staff writer over at BucksGameDay.com, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we are here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. And today's episode of Locked On Bucks brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing uh, the week to come for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, fairly in depth. We're not going to get too, too in depth. We'll save a, a good amount of stuff for the crossover episode uh, that James will have with the host of Locked On Lions later on this week. But we are going to talk about a little bit of Lions, but we're going to start first with a look at the state of the NFC South after week five with the lead dog, Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting some much-needed R&R here early in the season, which, again, uh, when the season schedule came out, we were not happy to see that week five bye week. But as the week five bye came, very happy because some significant players needed some significant rest, and and unfortunately, they got that. But looking around the NFC South from Sunday's slated games, James, the Atlanta Falcons got a win over the Houston Texans on a last-second field goal by Young-Way Koo, the greatest Korean NFL player on a roster right now and advanced to three and two after five games, just as we all expected them to be. Uh, and he helped my fantasy team in the process. So the new Orleans saints defense had a little bit of a bounce back day, intercepting Mac Jones twice in a 34 to nothing win over the new England Patriots. Cam Jordan can trash talk on his own, but he had two assisted tackles and half a sack in the win, proving that he can't do anything else, but talk trash without backup. The Carolina Panthers got bounced out of Ford field falling 42 to 24 to the Detroit lions despite the Lions playing without Jameer Gibbs, without Amon Ross St. Brown, and without rookie defensive back Brian Branch, who would look like their first-round pick instead of Jameer Gibbs, who looks like their second-round pick. This means after five weeks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on top of the NFC South at 3-1, and one, followed by the Atlanta Falcons at 3-2, and two, followed by the New Orleans Saints at 3-2, and two, followed by the Carolina Panthers at 0-5, still winless, unlike the Chicago Bears, unfortunately, for my uh, other business ventures james how do you feel about the nfc south in general through five weeks of football uh and the bucks leading the way through five weeks of football uh i mean yeah just kind of game by game atlanta you know yeah they got the the last second field goal by young way they were not overly impressive in that game new orleans was impressive in their game but they also played the patriots so that makes it less impressive because if you want caleb williams to be the quarterback of your franchise, then the first step in making that happen is that your quarterback is Mac Jones. 
So, yeah, I mean, it was a, a blowout win, but okay, you played the Patriots. Like, they stink. They stink really, really bad. And then, yeah, the Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young stinks. Bryce Young is terrible. And, and the thing is, is you mentioned the score 42 to 24. The game wasn't even that close. Like they got a couple of garbage time touchdowns uh, from DJ Chark and Adam Thielen. But yeah, the Panthers are terrible, like next level bad. And Bryce Young is yeah. Bryce Young is what I thought CJ Stroud was going to be. And CJ Stroud is what I thought Anthony Richardson was going to be. And yeah, Anthony Richardson that's, is what you thought Will Levis was going to be. I don't, I don't know. Anthony Richardson know the, is made of glass. And so the, the, the jury's still out on him. Um, but yeah, overall, this is, this was the kind of day that we could sit down throw on the multicast, watch all the NFC South games at the same time and realize the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are far and away the best and most talented team in this division. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm happy to report that I did pick the Falcons and the Saints to both win their matchups, uh, you know, for my for my money league, pick 'em league. Um, you know what I mean? But uh yeah, the NFC South, I, I mean, I'm real I'm real interested I'm trying to remember exactly how the NFC South was 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 predicted to, to pan out uh, and during the divisional crossover episode because I know the Buccaneers were not sitting at the top. But th oh. this whole thing just kind of reminds me of the conversation around the Carolina Panthers. There were a lot of people, not just on Lockdown, but you know, talking about national media and all that stuff. There were a lot of people who thought the Carolina Panthers were going to make some noise mm -hmm. uh, this season with with Bryce Young, and I think you know. To a certain extent, there's a little bit of, of, of understanding that because you kind of look at a team and say, well, they had the ninth overall pick. They traded up for the number one overall pick. So they're not a team picking number one overall who earned the number one overall pick. But then the point that I kept bringing up to people is, yeah, but they traded their only decent receiver to get the number one overall pick. So they basically took a roster that wasn't necessarily number one overall worthy and made it number one overall worthy because they already lost Christian McCaffrey during a trade last year. Then they get rid of DJ Moore. And you just look around and you go, what? who is Bryce Young going to lean on? You know what I mean? And they brought in Hayden Hurst. Great. They brought in Adam Thielen. Great. Those are two veteran guys that you don't want to count call them castaways because, you know, you don't want to be disrespectful to the, to the person. But let's be honest. They're both players whose prime is past them. They're, their best days are behind them. I mean, Hayden Hurst isn't even that old, but their best days look to be behind them. Um, and, you know, like you said, like by and large, they're getting garbage time, touch, garbage time touchdowns. And they're, and they're relying on playmakers that simply other teams don't want. Like DJ Chark had a really good start to his career, I think, and then he kind of bounced around a little bit, and now he's just kind of a dude that hangs out at the bottom of a roster. But the Carolina Panthers are having to lean on him as a number two or number three uh, receiver because of of what they don't have. Uh, defensively, they they don't have a lot of pieces uh, either outside of Brian Burns. So I just, again, I mean, the Carolina Panthers have a lot to leave desired uh, for the roster, and their 0-5 record shows it. And now that I've said all that, uh, the Panthers are somehow going to beat the Buccaneers when we see them later on down the road, I don't, it's, it's, that's how things work. But I do think that, like you said, though, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clearly have the best quarterback in the division, which I will fully own that I was on the bring Derek Carr to Tampa Bay train uh, multiple times during multiple off seasons, but I'm very happy with Baker Mayfield is done. And I would still say they have the, the better performing defense compared to the New Orleans Saints, who we, everybody kind of said Saints and Bucks one and two defenses, Atlanta third, and then Carolina fourth. But 
I would say that I think Atlanta's defense actually is probably performing better than most people realize just because a lot of their games are very ugly at the end of them. Yeah, well, and, and you mentioned Carolina going from ninth to first, so they didn't earn that number one overall pick. Well, now they are earning a number one overall pick, and it belongs to the Chicago Bears. Like, yeah. this is this is what the Panthers do, and, and you mentioned the um, the divisional crossover. Let me remind all of you that didn't happen to see it what Julian Council, host of Locked on Panthers, said about the Buccaneers, and that was that they were going to go back to where they belong in mm. obscure irrelevance. Mm. Obscure irrelevance were the words that this clip that said. crossover. So, oh, I can't wait for this crossover. Um, but yeah, I, I will say Atlanta was a team that I liked in this division. I was, you know, very cautiously optimistic about Desmond Ritter, who has not been playing real well, but I did like the pieces on their defense in all of our everydayers know how much I love Jesse Bates and what a huge addition I thought that was. Bijan Robinson, even in bad games, is having good games. He is a dude. Um, but yeah, it, it boils down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win this division if they don't get in their own way. Yeah. 100%. Conveniently enough, one of the NFC South teams that uh, also conveniently enough lost, the Carolina Panthers, who we are taking our liberties to talk about in this first segment, we're playing a team that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to host next weekend in the uh, Creamsicle Classic. So we got to do a little bit of advanced scouting this weekend while the Buccaneers got some much-needed R&R. That is coming up on today's episode of Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Bucks brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. You bet 5 bucks on anything. Doesn't matter what it is. A prop, a money line, an over-under, a, a, a spread. Doesn't matter what you bet it on. Tennis, football, hockey, baseball, anything that you want to on FanDuel. And no matter what happens, you get $200 in bonus bets win or lose. The week six odds are not yet out on FanDuel because there are still week five games left to play. But if I had to bet on what the spread will be, I'm going to go ahead and put the Buccaneers at minus three. So favored by three to win at home over the Detroit Lions because Detroit Lions are, are a very good game or a very good team like we're going to talk about here in just a minute with an over under of 46.5 combined points between the two teams. But if you just can't wait to put some money on your Buccaneers, you're going to find them with plus 6,500 odds for Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl. Or if you just want to bet football before next weekend anyway, you can take the Packers to cover as one-and-a-half-point underdogs on Monday Night Football like I'm going to do. If you have been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. <laughs> Thanks again for making Locked On Bucks first listen or view today and every day. Every day is make sure you come back tomorrow. James and I are going to be talking about more Buccaneers stuff. They're returning to practice on Monday, coming out of the bye week. So we'll have some stuff to talk about there. See who returned. Hear uh, what Coach Bowles had to say. Football season is here. And Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL kickoff live each Friday. Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanitra Batista. Jarvis Davis and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. 
Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. So if you are subscribed to Locked On Bucks with those notifications turned on when that show goes live on Friday, you will get notified that it is going live on Friday. Or if you want to, you can catch it after the live has been completed because that's how great technology works today. The Carolina Panthers dropped 0-5, losing to the Detroit Lions 42-24. to That only helps the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And James, what did you think at your first glance of the Detroit Lions ahead of week six? Detroit's a good football team. Uh, Dan Campbell is a fantastic head coach. And the Detroit Lions, front to back, are a good football team. I, I'll eat my crow. I was one of the people during the offseason saying that I thought they overperformed. More specifically, I thought Jared Goff overperformed last year in this this hype train around the Detroit Lions coming into the season was going to derail and end in a fiery, blazing inferno train wreck. Uh, it has not. They started off the season by beating the Chiefs, and they are a very solid football team, even without Amon Ross St. Brown or uh, or Brian Branch on the field. They haven't really used Jameer Gibbs. So, like, Jameer Gibbs is a weapon, but they yeah. don't use him, so I'm not really throwing him into that conversation. But defensively, they get after the quarterback. Offensively, they protect their quarterback. They, they create very simple... Uh, how can I put it? They they keep the game simple for Jared Goff, much like what we're seeing Dave Canales do with Baker Mayfield. They're keeping it simple and just moving the ball very methodically down the field. They take their, their big chunk plays or, or they go for their big chunk plays every once in a while. But for the most part, it's a very slow, methodical, death by a thousand paper cuts kind of offense where they can slash and gash you from their wide receivers to their pass catching backs to their you know offensive rookie of the year candidate level tight end and then defensively they're going to pin their ears back and they are going to wreck the uh the opposing offense's pocket the quarterback very physical bite kneecaps uh Detroit do not take this Detroit Lions team lightly they are very good yeah I mean, I think the key is, you know, look, the, this this team, they are a black and blue division team. Like, yes. they are they are the epitome of what the NFC North is supposed to be, be what the old NFC Central used to be. Um, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have to dig into their NFC Central roots. And I mean, hey, it's a cream school game, right? Like, because if this if the Buccaneers don't show up ready for a street fight, uh, they might get destroyed. To be quite honest with you, like that's that's going to be the kind of game if they come out ready to fight this team. It's not just playing this team, right? Like it, it's kind of weird because I've actually been having this conversation with a lot of Commanders fans. Chicago Bears, NFC North, same division. They came out against Washington Commanders and they played bully ball. Mm -hmm. Washington Commanders came out and they wanted to shake hands, take ten paces, turn at the same time, and fire, and everything is fair, and we all play with the same rules, and we're all professionals and honor among thieves. And the Chicago Bears said. No, nah, bro. We're gonna take your lunch. That's what that's what's about to happen. That's what's about to happen. That's that's kind of football the Detroit Lions play. Um, and you know, some people don't like that style of football. Some people like the 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 more choreographed kind of schematic. You know, X's and O's, and this weaves in here and this weaves out there. And and don't be wrong, there's some of that even when you're playing bully ball. But at the end of the day, what it's about, what the Detroit Lions are about, is imposing their will on the other team. And every team says they want to impose their will on the other team. 
but not every team comes out actually trying to impose their will on other teams. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, look, we've seen them be able to do this. We've seen this defense, right? We've heard Todd Bowles talk about he runs his defense like an offense. We're not just looking to react to what you're doing. We're looking to make you do what we want you to do by attacking you where we don't want you to be able to hurt us. That's the type of football you need to see from the Buccaneers playing this Detroit Lions team. And then on offense, it's not just about taking what they give you necessarily. It's also trying to manufacture some things while you kind of sprinkle in a little bit. Like I said, some of that stuff is still in there. Some of the finer parts of football still definitely get in there. But I think you got the right quarterback, man. You got Baker Mayfield coming out here who is not going to hide away from Aiden Hutchinson. He's not going to care what the Detroit Lions are throwing at him. Uh, I think it's going to be a good match, but it's going to be, you know, if if you've been around since the NFC Central days, I think you're going to like the game that we have coming up with the Detroit Lions. But James, who specifically from the Detroit Lions game that did play? Because again, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Brian Branch, not in the game. Who did stand out from or from the guys that played uh, against the uh, the Panthers this weekend? Yeah, it's not even just who stood out in this game. It's who has stood out for the Lions all year long for me. And that's David Montgomery. This guy has been fantastic. Back-to-back weeks of over 100 yards rushing now. He had 109 uh, on 19 carries against the the Carolina Panthers. For those of you keeping track at home, that's 5.7 yards per carry. So put that in your back pocket, put that feather in your hat, save that for later in the year when this Buccaneers rushing attack gets to go up against the Carolina Panthers. But the guy has six touchdowns on the season now. He had, like I mentioned, 109 against the Panthers. Last week, he had 121 against the Green Bay Packers. He, uh, you know, He's had a game of over 60 yards, a game of over 70 against the Kansas City Chiefs. But David Montgomery has been what Lions fans expected Jameer Gibbs to be. He has been a big play threat. He has been consistent. He has run hard, and he's making Bears fans put their hands on their head and go, why did we not keep this guy, and why didn't we use him better when we had him? David Montgomery is a threat in the run game, in the pass game. He is the complete package, and he's going to be probably one of the deciding factors when the Bucs take on the Lions. Like David Montgomery is the kind of player that can flip this game on its head and and really be the spark that ignites the offense in Detroit. I mean, David Montgomery's that bully. You know what I mean? I go back to watching him with the Chicago Bears, and and I loved the way that he ran when he played for the Chicago Bears. He's one of the guys that I always target on my fantasy draft because I like the way that he runs. I like the way he carries himself on the football field. And then the Chicago Bears, for whatever reason, were like, hey, let's do a whole lot of outside zone run with this guy who loves to get north and south and be physical. And it didn't work out. And they're like, oh, he's not very good. Let him go somewhere else. So he goes to Detroit where they say, hey, David, we're going to do a little bit of outside zone run, but we're going to do that after we gut punch the defense four, five, six, or seven times because then they're going to collapse into the box and you're just going to run around him on the outside bet. And he says bet, and he goes and does it, and he gashes people uh, every day. So, again, the Buccaneers are in for a street fight, man. That's, that's what David Montgomery's going to bring. That's what the Lions are going to bring. I got to give a hat tip to Jared Goff because – I have talked a lot of trash about Jared Goff over the years, um, James. So I don't know if Bucks, our, our Bucks audience is is, re- is uh, aware, but I'm now one of the official co-hosts of our Locked On NFL Friday episode. So after every Thursday mm-hmm. night game, I talk about that game and the rest of the weekend's games on Friday morning for Locked On NFL. Week one, Lions beat the Chiefs, and I, I made the comment. I said, you know what, man? The Lions would be really good if they had a quarterback better than Jared Goff. And look. Jared's not a superstar. You know what I mean? He's not a Pat Mahomes. He's a game manager, sure. But a lot of people throw that game manager tag out there as an insult. It's only an insult if you're a game manager who's asked to be a superstar, right? We look at like Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson is a game manager, won a freaking Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Jared Goff is a game manager with the Rams, almost won a Super Bowl. 
Problem is, after that, they said, oh, Jared Goff's a superstar. No, he's not, and that's why he got shipped off to Detroit. But one thing that the Lions are really doing is allowing him to be a facilitator, be a point guard. Don't be Magic Johnson, but be, you know, John Stockton. I don't know, even though he's a superstar. You get, you get the reference anyway. Um, and right now, Jared Goff is about middle of the road in his career for interception percentage, middle of the road his career for touchdown percentage. But where he's at a career high right now is successful pass percentages. And that is incredibly important. Over half of his passes right now are successful passes, including this weekend without Amon Ross St. Brown. And he's on pace for well over 4,000 yards. And I think that's one of the reasons the Detroit Lions are so good is because they can keep Jared Goff in a comfortable rhythm and a comfortable pace and not make him be a superstar. So for the Buccaneers, the flip side of that, right, is make Jared Goff have to win this game. That's your best bet for coming away with a win. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we are going to talk about how this may not be the only time that these two teams face off. That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. and You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You add your job for free, then slap that purple hashtag hiring frame onto your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you are hiring. After that, take advantage of simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. Those tools and how easy it is to post your opening are just two of the reasons that small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison, and David, the Lions beat the Panthers just like everybody else who has faced the Carolina Panthers. But that means that the Lions are now four and one. Coming into this big-time game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are sitting on top of the NFC North. The Buccaneers are sitting on top of the NFC South. We have a good old-fashioned matchup of first-place teams for the Creamsicle Classic. Is there a chance that this game in Week 6 is a playoff preview? Uh, Yeah, I mean... Off the top, you got two first place teams, right? Again, and, and I'm going to be a little bit biased towards myself because I actually said preseason that I felt like the Lions were going to be the winners of the NFC North, and they're not running away with it necessarily. There's still a competition there. It's very early in the season, but I think when you look at the Lions' schedule, right, we just talked about the Buccaneers' schedule, and and now all of a sudden we've got the Buccaneers winning like 12 games, uh, which is great <laughs> if they can stay healthy. But I mean, you look at it; they've already got the four wins. They've got the Raiders coming up on the on their schedule, which everybody knows they look beatable. The Chargers have not exactly been at the top of their game. The Bears are the Bears, even though they beat the Commanders because the Commanders are the Commanders. Um, the Packers-Lions, like that's going to be a good matchup, but you can certainly see the Lions winning that. They got the Saints. They got the Bears again, the Broncos. I mean, the Vikings are going to be tough matchups. And they got the Dallas Cowboys. But I think, you know, without getting too in-depth on the Lions schedule, you can count, what, five, six more wins there? You know, it, it just expected wins. And then the division rivalries are kind of a tough matchup and all that stuff. But you could easily see this Lions team winning 10, 11 games themselves. And the Buccaneers... Oh, yeah. Obviously, we can see them winning 11, 12 games. I mean, you're talking divisional round matchup, hopefully. I mean, dare you say NFC championship round? I mean, look, you know, it's it's early. 
which means you don't want to get too brazen about anything, but it also means anything is really possible because again, uh, we all have to turn back to what is going to really decide uh, the end of the season. Ultimately health, right? Like every year it comes down to who's healthy, right? Like you look at the, you you look at the, the Super Bowl and the Los Angeles Rams were essentially running away with the Super Bowl until Odell Beckham Jr. gets injured. So even in the last game, health plays a, a big role on how things turned out, even though they still won. You know, I mean, it probably would have been a little bit more comfortable had Odell Beckham not gotten injured. But, you know, I think that it's very easy to see this could be a playoff matchup down the road. Yeah, there's no doubt that there there's a path for this to happen. Right. And, and of course, it would mean that both of them have to get a win in the first round of the playoffs for it to facilitate more than likely. If if things stay as they are, Detroit stays atop the north, the Bucks stay atop the south then you're, you're going to have to see them face off in the divisional round based on on seating, of course. But yeah, this is this is very possible. And we laid it out when we had our, our rest of season preview looking ahead to the Bucs schedule. You just laid out the Lions schedule. So, and, and as you mentioned, health is a big thing. You have Jared Goff gets his knee blown out or Aiden Hutchinson ends up missing the, the rest of the season. You're talking about those level of injuries to those level of players, the drop-off could be so significant that all of a sudden now the Packers get hot. Now the Vikings get hot and, and the lion season goes right down the tubes and you have to chalk it up as a lost year for you know, things beyond your control. But yeah, you take a look at, at this old black and blue division rivalry and you think, man, this, this could be a January game uh, that we're seeing right here in October. But, if the Bucks are going to follow that path and stay atop the South, it starts with health, right? You just you just laid it out. So, which injured Buccaneer player is the most important to return following this bye week when they were able to get some rest? Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit pre-recording, and obviously Mike Evans is massive, right? But Mike Evans, we kind of took him off of the options list because he hasn't missed a game. He missed. A large chunk of a game and, and fortunately the buccaneers uh were able to absorb that injury and, and come out of the win so obviously mike evans is incredibly important right but we're really talking about guys who have either missed multiple games or have at least missed a game heading into the bye week in the first quarter of the season so uh, i actually wanted to go your guy but since you took him first i'm going with jamel dean look i like what the secondary has done without jamel dean without carlton davis like it's it's like every week they're gonna tag each other out and say okay hey you take a knee now i'll take a knee um you know, we've seen a lot of growth from Zion McCollum, which is great. Christian Nizian, the rise of the undrafted rookie has been amazing. Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, has been that dude and, and I think should be a, a front runner in the conversation for defensive player of the year and all those things. Um, but you want to see this defense as 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 put together as possible, as as intact as possible. And even if that means Zion McCollum's got to take some of that experience he's gaining back to the sideline because. Again, this is a long season, and you're going to need to give guys breathers. There might be injuries that come up later on in, in the year, and you want to keep guys as fresh as possible. The best way to do that is by rotating guys. And look, Zion has done so well. You know, look, if you have a couple of score lead with, you know, three minutes left in the game or something like that, throw Zion out there and, and get him some more reps to keep getting him that experience. But you want to see your defense as intact as possible, uh, even though they're doing well already. Still, you know, top 12, top 10, and in passing uh in most passing stats i don't look at passing yards per game because those are skewed i look at passing yards per play and the buccaneers are, i think 11th in the nfl right now uh, in that category so you love to see that but you want to see jamal dean back in that secondary 
Yeah, no doubt, especially a, a position group that's as thin as that has been. You, Like you said, you love to see the growth and the development of these guys that have stepped up in real big ways, but you need your big money guys out there. They got money for a reason, and that is Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. And you would hope that when Jamel Dean comes back, he's he's 100% and, and returns to the form that we saw over the course of the last couple of years. And if not, well, now you know you can rely on Zion McCollum in those big moments in those big games because he has continued to step up bigger and bigger each week. My guy is obviously Chase Edmonds. No, I'm kidding. It's Kalijah Kansi. Kalijah Kansi was an absolute stud for the Buccaneers in the first half of that Vikings game. His speed, his quickness, his strength, his elusiveness, his ability to disrupt the opposing quarterback, he put all of that on display until he tweaked that calf injury again. And for those of you that watch all of the NFL, you know how lingering and hampering a calf injury could be just by watching Joe Burrow's inability to play quarterback because of a calf injury. I think Kalijah rushed back a little bit too quickly from the calf injury that he suffered in training camp. Now he has had, what is it now, five weeks that, that he has been out uh, since that Vikings game to recoup, recover, uh, they need him flat out. They need him on the field. They need him with Vita Vea. Greg Gaines has stepped up at times. Uh, you know, you have a couple of guys that you know, Logan Hall, I'll, I'll give him his due. He's had a couple of, I wouldn't say splash plays, but a couple of plays where you're like, okay, all right. I, yeah, I splashed a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's kind of like the, the splash. If you throw like, a basketball into a pool, not like Tristan Wirfs cannonballing off the high dive kind of splash. Uh, and that's the kind of splash that you can see out of Kalijah Kansi. So it is vital for him to get back into the rotation along the defensive line and really be that disruptor that we know he can be. Absolutely. Uh, I want to see both those pit guys back as soon as possible. Yeah, no doubt. Shout out Servassier Dennis. He gets an honorable mention in our most important players to return. But that is going to do it for this episode. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to continue looking ahead to that Lions matchup. Maybe we're going to stash it and trash it. You never know. If you want to find out that you got to come back, make sure that you are subscribed to the show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Check out everything yeah. that David is doing. Check out everything David is doing over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out my content over at BucksNation.com. And, of course, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>